When I started going to the Jehovah's Witness Church, and I was just an attendee, I think that one of my biggest curiosities was how exactly the leadership went about making decisions inside the church. Because I could see that there was a clear hierarchy, even though they would tell us that there was no hierarchy. That the only hierarchy that exists is God, and then all men below that. But that's not how the church functions. The church functions with the top leadership being at the current moment in June 2022. The governing body on top, which is eight men, and those eight men have helpers under them, which I believe is a number around 20 or maybe less. And these these helpers basically enjoy a very similar power to the governing body, but the governing body enjoys absolute power. Below the helpers are what's known as branch committee members. It doesn't matter how many there are. Yeah, remember, it's all just a, it's all just a circus. So these branches control the legal, control the accounting, finance. They control the marketing per se, even though they don't carry that name. Uh, the press. They, they, they control these aspects that make, that keep this organization lubricated and functioning. Below these branch committee members are what's called the circuit overseers, which are members that take care of about 20 to 16 congregations at one time. So they travel between all of them. They check in, check in on them and make sure that they are implementing the rules put forth by the governing body. Below the circuit overseer members, you find elders. At some point, there was other members called uh, district overseers, but they did away with that, and now that that's a position that has been eliminated. The truth is, they were laid off, and some of them received nice pensions. They got retirement with full health care, but others, they just got laid off. They got laid off. Many of them do not know why they were laid off. They felt they were doing a good job. There wasn't much competition in the market, but they were laid off. So we find ourselves with elders under circuit overseers. And these elders are local members at local congregations. So you'll find them in suburbs and they live in homes. They have their own jobs, but they dedicate uh, a good amount of their time to making the local church business run, implementing the rules coming down from the governing body to the helpers down to the branches, down to the circuit overseers, down to the elders, and implementing rules. Making sure that these rules are carried out by the local congregants. These elders are the biggest yes-men in the company. 
As a matter of fact, you have to be a yes man like any good company. And if you are a good yes man, the better the yes man you are, the more opportunities seem to find you within this organization. These are the yes men of the company. And you know, it helps, it helps to not have a backbone when you're an elder. Because an elder with a backbone, I tell you, he doesn't get too far. <laughs> he, he finds himself disciplined a little too often. Below these uh, elders, then you find what's known as particular pioneers. There's a regular pioneer, which the pioneer works 70 hours a month. And then you find an auxiliary pioneer, which he works 50 hours a month. Under the auxiliary pioneer, you will find just a regular publisher. This is what makes the bulk of all membership. This would be the people that sit in the nosebleeds. These are the pawns. They're foot soldiers. Most members, if not nine out of ten members inside of this organization, are publishers. They preach whatever they want, whenever they can. It's expected that they preach more than nine to ten, which is the average. So they try and hit that mark. But that isn't the lowest position you could fill in this organization, in the Jehovah's Witness organization. The very lowest, the lowest of the low, the bottom of the totem pole position that you can fill is what's called a unbaptized publisher. So they want to associate you with the church, but they don't want to cut all strings. So you're, you're unbaptized just in case you realize that it's just a circus and you make a U-turn on them. So you, the, the, there's, there's strings attached before you can call yourself a real Jehovah's Witness, or better yet, before they allow you to call yourself a real member. You're unbaptized. You're a publisher, but you're just unbaptized. Once you become baptized, they remove the first part of that title, and now you're, you're what's known as a publisher. And then you could ascend the ladder. And we didn't, we didn't even mention the school teachers, the teachers. These teachers offer specific training to specific members of the hierarchy tree. But who are they? They don't really fit in the hierarchy. But they have these sort of master, master keys to all the congregation, master keys to the hierarchy. They have this kind of hack into the hierarchy, and they fit wherever they want to fit at whatever point they want to fit. If they feel like just popping into a local congregation, they can. Or if they feel like bossing around elders, they can. If they feel like acting as a circuit overseer, they can. This is kind of the unwritten rule with these guys. They have some sort of master key to the whole company. No one tells them anything. No one gets in their ways. 
They're the teachers. The teachers. So there are there are teachers, and these teachers enjoy a certain level of power that the dis, the circuit overseers enjoy. And many of them are actually ex-circuit overseers. So what they do is they'll teach specific instructions to the elders. They'll call them in once a year. They'll give them like a a, a week long a week long course on oh I don't know how to be a better yes man. You know that's what they should they should title their courses that way. How to be a yes man. Here we go, elders. The same for the regular pioneers, not the auxiliary pioneers, not the auxiliary. They're reaching, but they haven't reached high enough. So we keep them out. They put the auxiliary pioneers at the same, almost at the same level of a reg, just a normal, a normal preacher slash pioneer. I always thought it was strange how they saw the auxiliary pioneer because he's reaching, but they see him like the cherry picker. They see him, you know, just that good enough. They see him like Scrappy-Doo. He's got the good intentions. He's got the fight in him, but he's just not good enough. He's not tall enough. His voice is high-pitched. He's, he's willing to go above and beyond, but I tell you, he can't get past the cherry-picking. And they see these auxiliary pioneers this way. I'll tell you, they, they, they get no respect. So if you preach 50 hours a month, it's just not good enough. It's got to be better. The point is this. There is a hierarchy. There is a hierarchy, and there's a lot more details that explain these positions further. But the point is, there is a hierarchy. When I was inside the church, I did fill the role of unbaptized publisher. I filled the role of a publisher. I filled the role of an auxiliary pioneer, someone that preaches 50 hours uh, a month, they call it preaching. It's not preaching. It's selling. It's what it is. But for, for uh, argument's sake, we, 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 we call it preaching because this is their terminology. I filled the role of a regular pioneer, which was 70 hours dedicated to this organization. I filled the role of a ministerial servant, and I filled the role of, a, of an elder, now, within the elder position, there are additional duties, roles to fill. And within the ministerial servant position, there are also additional duties to fill. So it wasn't like I was a lazy person. I wasn't a lazy person. I considered myself a hardworking, dedicated member of this religion. Or at least I filled the role of what this religion considered a hardworking member. Because you, you'll find there are, there are many traits amongst Jehovah's Witnesses. There are Jehovah's Witnesses that eh, they kind of slack off. They, they really do, you know. And it's okay because you're not rocking the boat. You're not making waves. 
And as long as you're not making waves in this organization, eh, eh, you know, you're a good member. You're, you're doing what's supposed to be done. But you can't be someone that's ask, asks, you can't be someone that asks question, questions. You can't be an objective thinker. You can't formulate your own opinions. Not here. Highly frowned upon. And that's how it is in, I would say, every cult. Every cult, you, you don't get to pick and implement your own ideas. It's not how it works. So anyway, what was it like? I think, I think one of the biggest questions out there that many members, even members that, even people, I'm sorry, even people that have never joined a religious group like the Jehovah's Witnesses, they wonder, well, in part, how it is. How, how, how is it to form part of a leadership position? I, I gotta say that it it wasn't it wasn't what I always thought. It wasn't my preconceived notions of what it was. What they say, what they call their terminology is to serve, but to fill that role of a leader of a leader inside of a religious group like theirs, I was very disillusioned. If I had to pick one word, I would say disillusioned, and. I would say disillusioned because it didn't, it did not fill my expectations of what a, what I had thought at that time was a God directed organization. It couldn't, it couldn't have been. Not with the things that you see once, once you, they allow you to take a peek behind the curtain and you realize that it's just a circus. There's no, there's no direction. There's no, there's no real God-given direction. There's no light from the sky. There's no clouds being parted and God implementing his will on mankind. There, there's, it, it has nothing to do with God. I got to tell you, kind of felt like that movie Total Recall, Arnold Schwarzenegger, very old movie. But he gets in a taxi cab that's being controlled by an android, Johnny Cab, and he says, what am I? I mean, what am I doing here? How did I get in this taxi? And the android turns around and says, I'm Johnny Cab. And you could see the look on Schwarzenegger's face, you know, when he says, how did I get in this taxi? He... You have no idea. He's 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 befuddled. He's be, he's bemused. He's confused. He's, he doesn't know what's going on, and that's that's very much what I kind of felt when I got to see behind the curtain. How did I get in this taxi? <laughs> How did I get there? Where am I? I, I just confused because it's definitely not. It's not what was in the ad. The advertisement, the classifieds, it wasn't, it wasn't in the, the non-public notice. Well, what was this? It's not what they told me I would find. Definitely not. How did I get in this taxi? Goodness sakes. And that's why if I had to pick one word to describe what it was to serve, to be, to be. And I have to watch with the terminology because... This is their terminology to serve. 
being an elder inside the Jehovah's Witness, one word to describe it is disillusioned. I was very disillusioned. I think straight off the bat, the very first thing that I saw, and I'll take you through my experience. I know there are other experiences, so I wouldn't just formulate my opinion of what it is just based off of what, what I saw. But I'll tell you, it's pretty darn close. It's pretty darn close, which you'll hear from anyone else. This is what it is. I got to see various angles, various aspects. I got to sit in more than one chair on the round table. I got to see it, the ins and the outs. I know what it was. I know what it is. And it's it's not what many people, even people that haven't joined a, a church, it's not what you think it is. It's It's very different. So straight off the bat, the very first thing that I notice are the politics. And what do I, what I mean by that, the politics? I mean exactly as it sounds. Amongst the elder group, the elder body, which is what they call themselves, it could be three, four, five, six, could be up to 10, 12 elders in, in a congregation, but normally they're trying to split them up and have uh, four, five, this is what they're, they aim at, but they don't have enough buildings at times, so they'll have to... Um, They'll have to bundle them up. They'll have to give certain uh, a membership of about 100. They'll give them a bundle of 10 elders, which is a lot, which is a lot. So normally you'll find five, six elders in a congregation. The politics, the politics are severe. They're extreme. So, so these elders, they set up secret meetings amongst themselves, and they will gather periodically, but definitely will gather on a trimester basis. And when they get together, they'll assign each other duties or they'll make changes or they'll implement. They have a judicial system that they use. And this judicial system called a judicial committee, they set these up temporary judicial systems to implement discipline on the members or in order to pass personal agendas they formulate political groups. So let's say you have a buddy, and one of your buddies is an elder, or, or one of the other elders is your dad, or a brother, or a cousin, or just someone you like, just your BFF. You could formulate a two-man group. You know, Just as an example, let's say you have a congregation of uh, five elders, and amongst those five elders, you have to pass the decision of, I don't know. Should we kick someone out? Should we kick someone out because of I don't know? They did some some sort of transgression. They consider a transgression, and let's say the person started asking asking questions about the Bible. So you you first formulate a group, and the group you formulate is a group set up of two elders that needs to speak with this person, right? It needs to go to this person and tell them, hey, you need to stop asking questions. Essentially, that's what it is. You need to stop asking questions. You just accept. Because if you don't, and they try to gaslight you, you're not humble, blah, blah, blah. You're not a good person. So this is the first step. They're going to formulate a group, a two-man group, to what they call give you spiritual guidance, spiritual assistance. Or here's a better term they like to throw around, which is spiritual, spiritual encouragement. Like if you ask for it. Like if you're out there panhandling for encouragement. 
And and it's actually there. There's a, there's information that says that you are supposed to panhandle for encouragement. You you are supposed to actively go seek. And they use a proverb out of context to try and prove their point. And it's not only out of context, but in their Bible they manipulate that verse of the Bible, which is Proverbs thirteen ten by changing the word take to seek. They're able to manipulate the members to constantly panhandle for advice. So they'll set up this, this two-man group to meet up with you and tell you to stop asking questions. Well, before that happens, they make a meeting and political groups start to form. So out of the five-man elder group, they have to assign two people. It could be that three of those team up, they team up, and they assigned, between the three, they assigned the two elders that they do, do not like. So if the, the, out of the five-man group, there is a three-man close-knit group, the two odd men out always become the minority. And if you are a minority inside of the group, if you are the two out of the three, out of the five, you are the minority. And the three majority get to implement their will on you. Now, someone might say, well, that's not, that's not, doesn't sound that bad. It's a terrible crime when you, you are basically at their disposal. You give up your free will and every decision that this political body makes, you have to now put on the facade that you were in favor because every decision that comes out of that body will now come out unanimous. At least that is the perspective that you must show the rest of the congregants. So if there are rules, if there, if there are duties to be met, you have your time planned out. That could be juxtaposed. That could be easily, you could be easily removed out of your interests to follow the interests of the three, the majority. You know, life is a lot of uh, give and take. So we have to understand that at times we don't get to do what we want to do. But when it happens all the time, all the time, because the majority says it's God directed. This is what, this is part of the problem. They are saying the three BFFs begin, well, it's the belief system. The belief system is that it, all the decisions are being handed down by God. And if God is always handing down decisions on minorities, on minority groups, you could easily start to see how none of this has anything to do with God. You could easily start to see how the whole house of cards just starts falling apart. It's very political. And then what doesn't help is that when the political groups form, you could see the disdain. You could see the rancor. You could see the dislike between the majority group and the minority group. It, it, it's evident. It's in the way they talk. It's in the way they behave. It's in the way they express their ideas. It's the way they implement judgment. You could see it. Like, they will yell at each other. I, I was in many circumstances where they would yell at each other. The very first meeting that I went to inside a, an elder meeting, 
they were yelling at each other. Not at me. I was the new guy. But I was observing it all. I was in there as an observant. I, and I saw the way they had this distaste for each other. At least the way that the majority controlled the minority. And it didn't help that there was there was narcissists inside the group. And normally, that's at least that's what it was here, that the majority was the narcissist. And I'm not going to say all of them because I, I met these people. There's a lot of people that genuinely, genuinely think they are doing God's work and they feel... They feel uh, a loving interest for people, even though their message is twisted. Even though the message they, they bring to the people isn't biblical, it's a distortion of the gospel. It's a distortion of, the, of Jesus Christ's good news. But in their heart, they, they genuinely think they're doing the right thing. And the same thing goes for elders. There, there are genuine elders that actually think they're doing the right thing and they're implementing God-given direction. They, they genuinely believe that. So I can't say that these people are bad people. They're not, they genuinely are trying to, to implement God's will with a blindfold on. 